Episode 4, Season 1 of Future Sounds FM with me, Enzo, and my usual co-hosts, the uh, ever-talented, ever-present, Patrick Fakeman and Tom, but we've also got another co-host, Jay, my brother, uh, one half of Don't Lens, he's Hello. the shy one, he rarely appears on mic these days, so it's quite a privilege to have him. He doesn't us. sound very shy today. Well, <laughs> thank you. No. Have you had a beer, mate? Is that what yes. it is? I've had, I've had a couple of beers, so I'm feeling, feeling a bit like, com- more confident than usual, so... Excited. I was very happy to see you when I turned on my uh, my computer, so oh, good evening to you. Thank you. Yeah, I spent all day with you, thank mate. You Thanks for having of, me. Yeah, I'm sick of the sight of your face. I might, in fact... <laughs> can you turn yourself off camera, please, mate? Oh. No, oh, only okay. joking. Um, okay. It's good to have you with us. Uh, it's good to be back for another episode. Doing something a little bit different this time. Rather than getting an interview with a special guest, we're going to be hearing from some of the uh, artists and uh, punters who were at our recent event future sounds in north london tottenham to be precise at the post bar it was the first i think i want to say it was the first major synth or vaporwave event since the pandemic so it's kind of felt like uh, a getting together within the uk at least of of a scene um and i think everyone had a really good time and I, it feels special it was our first event and uh, we obviously all were involved in different ways so what better way to kind of relive it and uh, give people who weren't able to come along a bit of an insight into how it went so yeah i don't know if anyone wants to kick me on with that how have you been have you, have you all recovered i was pretty knackered um all told yeah no i've not recovered i was absolutely exhausted <laughs> But you went to another. You went to another event like pretty soon after. Like I was like, I, de- I, I was dead for a few days afterwards, and the idea of going out again like was just off the cards for me. <laughs> yeah, I did push it slightly, but yeah. to answer your question, uh, and so no, I um had a really good time. Really enjoyed it. It was you know as we would all expect, it was it was hard work, like you say, for all of us in different ways. But ultimately, was really happy with the end result. I've got memories of us walking down a street back to the hotel and the three of us being quite happy quite at the pissed. time so that's uh, I think yeah, we needed to because that was the thing yeah. at the end of what was a long day we, we can go into we'll, we'll kind of go through the day I think it'd be quite fun to do that anyway but we pretty much must have started at, at not much not much before 10am not much after that at least rather and for us to come out of the club at 3 in the morning wandering back to the hotel mm. it was quite nice to just take it all in and think that's several months work and an intense day and um, it feels good. Tom, what did you what did you make of it? Yeah, it was hard to process at the time. I, I was I sort of felt like I was at um, a wedding or or my birthday party or something. It's quite surreal seeing seeing all your friends at the same time. You know, like um, it's just like a sort of yeah, a collection man. of people, like random random people whose whose only kind of connection to each other is is this music. It's sort of um, yeah surreal. Like people people you know in real life well and then people people who you only recognize from their avatars you know coming together very very strange but yeah the, the day kind of went by yeah the, the, the closest comparison I, I have is is sort of my wedding day which i think my wife won't thank me for but um it was it's just surreal seeing seeing everyone under under one roof well flick was at both <laughs> she, she was at both yeah in yeah. fairness <laughs> yeah. which one did she enjoy more you can ask her perhaps <laughs> no comment maybe not maybe not anyway um other than that, anyone been up to anything interesting? I mean, what have you been listening to? I'd like to start with this. Are you going first? Go on then. Well, I, I can do. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I wasn't going to be so rude. You, you were going to, first. Just to jump in. Perhaps I'll, let's throw my brother under a bus. Jay, what have you been listening to, mate? You haven't yeah, been on the on. podcast before. I don't think you've come prepped, have you? 
Um, no, <laughs> but I do know you like to ask this question. I do listen. I do but listen. Good to know. Um, I have been. It's, it's funny. Like it's such a simple question, but as soon as someone asks you and you're like got a microphone in front of you and re- you're recording, you're suddenly like, ah, oh, what? What is music? Like, what? <laughs> um, I am going to. You just. You just. Do you want? Do you want a track or an album? Well, I mean. So, We'll, we'll play a track. We're not going to play the whole album, mate. That's going to make the podcast a bit too long, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, you should you should <coughs> listen to this whole album because right. it's really good. Uh, my, I'm going to pick. Uh, the album is Screen Time, and it's by Enrail. Um, the track I'm going to say everyone should fucking listen to um, right now is uh, Prison Break, and that's from Screen Time by Enrail. Banger, absolute banger. Uh, the glitchy dubstep vibes. It's good, man. It's good. The whole album is absolutely wild. So it's out on Pat Chenington's label, isn't it? There we go. Yeah, um, Cats Kill Records. There you go. That's my one. Just clocked a uh, prison breaks a good pun as well. I've, I've, I've only just clocked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I made um, almost the same pun um, cool. on the first Witcher to Limewire album uh, called a track. They tried to build a prison, which is the system of a down kind of uh, plunder. Yeah, man. Haven't you nearly finished your second album? Yeah, that's what I've been working on recently. Actually, um, I'd say it's ninety nine percent there. Um, just putting in some nice. sort of uh, gunshot samples today, and um, I think that's probably the sign that it's basically done. <laughs> yeah, from um, uh, Paper Planes, MIA. But yeah. Uh, right. Oh, yeah, which was in, in itself. All I want to do is. They sampled the clash. Straight to Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an absolute tune as well. But yeah, I think it's probably done. Um, if I carry on doing any more of that, it's going to be unlistenable. So yeah, I might need to step away from it. Well, speaking of gunshots, it does segue me nicely because I saw, um, I happened to see on Twitter, I sent you the link earlier on, there's a documentary coming out um, about KLF, which is a band I, I haven't really listened to since I was a lot, lot younger. It's probably late 80s, early 90s. They pioneered the kind of stadium house sound became the world's biggest selling singles band and they had a mad show at the Brits. I'm not sure if anyone's ever seen the footage where they basically fired a machine gun full of blanks into the crowd and pretty much pronounced themselves finished on that day. They'd just become like pretty much the, the biggest selling singles band in the world. They were huge. They were on fire. They could have gone anywhere they wanted and then they just decided to destroy it all themselves. They like deleted their entire catalogue, 
burned a million pounds. This is real as well. They burnt a million pounds of their own money in some crazy art installation. I mean, like that's got to be one of the most interesting stories in music, right? So uh, I think the documentaries, I'm, I'm almost as excited to see this as I will be to see nobody here when we finally get it finished. <laughs> but like, yeah, that, that's like perhaps an overhype. But if I was going to pick a tune, I mean, there's loads of tunes. They've done some absolute bangers. I was listening back through quite a few of them on my way home today. Probably 3am Eternal. That's the track that kind of broke them internationally. Um, but yeah, the film's out to, to stream now, I think. Uh, I, think it, I think I saw it's out to download. It's called Who Killed KLF? Um, and it's directed by Chris Atkins. So I'm, I'm going to check it out this week. I suggest uh, anyone listening gives it a go as well. And definitely give KLF a listen to It's like proper acid house, breakbeat sample fusion from the late 80s, early 90s. I think their, their catalogue's recently undeleted, isn't it? It's just kind of hit streaming yeah, services year, very recently. Say so, like when you're saying about burning a million pounds, I thought you meant they like literally like destroyed the. Do you know what I mean? They destroyed the songs as well. Oh no, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, like no, the master no, no, CDs or anything. Well, evidently they didn't. Yeah. They must have kept some kind of copies of it. But it's taken them years. They even even talked about the story. This is the most interesting thing about it. People have tried to piece together why they just disappeared from the face of the earth, like as a musical entity, and they finally pulled the story together. And um, yeah, that's why it's so interesting. I think. There's so much speculation around that. Cool. I have been listening to um, like a fun kind of uh, dance kind of jam band tune by a group called Pablo, which I think means like uh, my God or by Jove in French. Um, (laughs) And it's a a bunch of crazy Italian guys, um, even though the band name's French and the the song and the album name is called Don Set Zique, which I think is like in, in the music, like Zique is slang for music, kind of funny French slang. Um, and the reason why I've been listening to this is um, uh, I play in a kind of psychedelic jam band called Habraxis and the drummer came across this record and was like, these crazy Italian guys just sound exactly like us. And um, yeah, they, they kind of do, but um, better. And there's lots of fun stuff like disco toms and it's just like a fun party record. Um, so yeah, I'd really recommend it. It, it came out in 2020 um on some italo disco label called periodica records it's really good fun so pablo don said nice and uh, props for the pronunciation as well. mm-hmm. 
Um, can we also can we can we throw in an extra? Uh, I'm being oh, cheeky. Again, I want to throw in. This You're is always actually, doing this. Yeah, I know. But I, all right. In fairness to you, you sent this to me. I sent this to my brother. <laughs> um, so we've kind of we can all take credit for this. Uh, massive shout to Business Casual um, and to DJ Sugar C, who is Chaz from SPF 420. Uh, is yeah. that right? SPF 420, is that you said? I had a brain fart then. That's a bad name to get wrong. Um, Chaz, anyway, Vapor Money, which um, I've got to say is one of the best Vaporwave albums I've heard in quite some time. There's loads of standout tracks. Uh, the thing, the whole album's fun. Like, there's definitely elements of taking the piss in this, but it's brilliant. The track, I think there's loads of standout tracks, but if I'm going to funnel in on one, it'd have to be Money for Nothing, the Dire Straits rap, which is even better. They give me money for nothing. All I give them is MP3s. Shout out to the fans, yeah. The my little NPCs, the one of a kind. Like, really, they're NFTs. The money for nothing. I get the money I'm eating pasta with truffles Trying to keep up my energy I had some good truffles Yeah, collecting new enemies Why, why'd you burn bridges? Why'd you ruffles have bridges? Why do I really, really like Why'd you sandwiches? Hey, milk bread, that's a sandal Thick bread, that's a band huh? you, you pointed this out the other day, Tom It kind of proves that the um, the new Bandcamp policy of no covers Is already holding up well <laughs> Yeah. I'm just looking at the track listing. Um, track 13 sounds quite interesting. SpongeBob suck my dick. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. real it's, mature uh, stuff. Wow. SpongeBob suck my dick in the cooler of the crusty. There's track. a pretty vitriolic <laughs> track about illuminated paths on there as well, which will definitely go down well in the vapor sphere. Um, this one looks amazing. I'm gonna play, I'll play this when we get off the. Uh, Honestly, off it's, the pod. it's really good. Like I, I'm, like I said, I think he's taking the piss to some degree, but it's, it's fucking. Well, it was an April Fool's release, it. wasn't Absolutely it? Loved it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like our um, uh, nine minutes six seconds uh, vinyl, which sold out in five minutes, but never actually existed. I think some people wanted it. A lot of people yeah. asking for a repress. <laughs> no, no, we have actually. Some people were quite pissed off that we put it out at eight a.m. UK. <laughs> time um on april fool's day yeah i think the problem was i kind of i didn't think about it enough was that it was a joke last time but we actually did the tapes so people probably thought that they would be vinyl but at least i I didn't put them on sale they were just it was just a photo that was created maybe we'll do it next year would you do you reckon you could find a plant who would cut a completely blank record for you they'll do anything that you pay them to do (laughs) (laughs) and then the other way to do it would be lathe which would be quite fun Mm-hmm. Because I think they've got a little bit more surface noise anyway, so you'd actually be getting, you know, quite unique sound in and of that process itself. You'd be getting more sound. More there was sound. a time when they were trying to get that to Christmas number one, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like in the sort of well, four thirty-three, yeah. the original. Yeah, there were like a oh, bunch. Really? They got yeah. a bunch of sort of cool. I don't know XFM friendly acts to to record cover versions of it, and I think they were trying to get it to Christmas number one. It was like um, the kind of. Uh, heady days of anti X Factor, you know, it's like big backs, big backlash against the X Factor because they yeah, had yeah. Christmas number one sewn up. Didn't yeah, Rage was, Against the Machine? Yeah, so was that was the successful. first one. Yeah, that was, was actually say, successful, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So I remember I, with my ex, I was there at Christmas, and I remember being like, I love that tune, obviously, like, and I liked the principle behind it. And I remember having a kind of argument with um, not my mother-in-law, but like ex's parents who I was staying with, who thought it was mean. 
to stop. I think it was someone Joe something to stop him from getting his uh, Christmas number one. It was quite mean. That little Irish yeah, boy. It was mean spirited. I forget Fuck his X name Factor. now. That's mine. Well, nowadays it, it's not got any much. It hasn't got any better. I think the last three years we've had mm. Christmas number ones about sausage rolls. Have we? Yeah. Passes me by. I don't even lad, know what like, they're called. Yeah. Oh, Bird baby. He was big on, I want to say, Vine or Facebook or something. Got very, had nothing to do anymore, wasn't very relevant, so now just does sausage roll based. Yeah, Christmas but featuring um, Ed Sheeran and Elton John, right? Yeah. He did yeah. get Ed Sheeran and Elton John. I can't yeah, know that. Do you, you boys haven't asked me about whether. Yeah, no, but, Enzo, Enzo just picked two. <laughs> just. <laughs> Is that is that your track? No, no. Martin, was no, that your track? The Sausage Roll no. Christmas number one? Oh, yeah, one. we can go with that if you want. No, it can be. It can be, but it's kind of, what is it, April now? So we need, we need, we need like Maybe we'll Easter play the episode out with it. One. I don't know. Probably not, but I pretend that we will. <laughs> what are you going to pick, Martin? I'm sorry, I did like jump in and have my second pick. I've got a third one if you want. No, that 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> this will be my last appearance, by the way. Um, <laughs> No, this week I picked, well, this time round, um, you, you guys might know of him as a band that's um, fronted by a, a young Texan called Yarta. Oh, yes. Who released a track this week with Beckett called <coughs> uh, Fred the Star. So I don't think it's actually on, you, you can't buy it, I think it's just on streaming services, but the two of them have come together. It's quite, definitely quite city poppy. I agree with him because I had a brief conversation with, about it, with him about it during the week. It's got... Um, you think a little bit about uh, Phil Bailey, the sort of uh, Chinese Wall album, that kind of nice Earth, yeah, Wind yeah. and Fire kind of feel about it as well. It's really, really smooth, really nice. So I would definitely recommend that people go and check that track out. Awesome. The I was about to say really that. Nice that. Their artwork's always on point. It right now. I would like to. Is it like? Is it like? Go on, Jay. Is it like um, AI generated artwork? I'm not sure if that it one ca- is. It kind of looks like it is, man. It might. Well, maybe. Forever Star, right? Forever Star, yeah. He's someone I'd like to yeah, get on is, one day. I think he's got such an interesting style. Um, he's a really talented guy. Obviously, we've worked with him through Times, uh, Time Slave before, but like, I think he'd be really mm. interesting. And I'd love one day to get him over for a show. You've said about this before, Martin. Sure. Yeah, I think it'd be Definitely. a great idea. I first met him when I used to... Um, I, I stepped in for an unwell Rob Dyson on the Forever Synth radio show back in lockdown and it just happened to be a Yate episode that's kind of where my uh, quote unquote love affair with him Jay that definitely looks like um, that AI art I'm looking at it right now yeah like one of those machine yeah, learning is, yeah. right? scripts yeah but with like nice really um, cool. typography really nice one I love the colours sort of like yeah and like really nice like, like a deep blue and gold it's cool reminds me the colour the colour scheme reminds me of my favourite um, Spurs shirt <laughs> the dark blue and gold oh one. yeah 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 was that the last of the um <clears throat> what was the brand 2018 i think yeah but what was the kit maker under armor i think it's nike no it's under armor isn't it oh yeah is it's it? the last Maybe. of the under armor ones this is quite mm-hmm. niche this is a fascinating yeah it's okay because it, it segues to the location of the gig it does but it does, Luke. See that's see that's why I said it. That's why I said it. You're just that's trying to turn this into a football podcast as if there aren't enough of those already. Yeah, I think we'd be fighting in a congested market.
did any of you guys see um, Lucid's recent tweets? I thought they were interesting. He likes to pronounce the scene dead quite regularly, but I thought it was, he had quite a hot take about dream punk, which was his own creation because he hated Vaporwave. Um, I don't want to give any hot takes here. There's no point in uh, starting a podcast war or anything like that. But um, yeah, is he, is he the Piers Morgan of the Vaporwave scene? <laughs> Not going to go down this route, but it is interesting to see him distancing himself from a scene very closely associated with him and putting all his eggs back in this flap basket, which, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. You know, people obviously went along with his Vaporwave and his Dream Punk. I'm not sure flap is is the thing that is, is going to catch on in quite the same way. But that's probably perversely why he enjoys it. Possibly. I mean, Dream Punk... Is is that is that still? Do you feel like I feel like that's still a saturated mark? There's a lot of artists making it. Maybe that's part of the problem. I'm not sure, but I was always a fan of that, and I I, I find the flap stuff's interesting conceptually speaking. I think a lot of what he does is really interesting conceptually. And I'm only being a bit facetious, mm-hmm. kind of taking the piss. But I think you know his persona online is very much he likes to create uh, a debate. So, um, you know, I'm taking it the way I think it's intended. Well, it's, it's working because... It does provoke it. interesting conversations. Exactly that, exactly that. Anyway, cool. Back to Tottenham and uh, Future Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> i just throw that little hand grenade in there. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing so well. <laughs> I just wanted to see everyone's faces. Let's go back a tiny bit further than that. It was it was super zen. Like I woke up at like nine thirty, what what whatever it was. Like we had plenty of time. We watched a bit of the South Park film after COVID. We were chilling basically. And then we went and met at the Antwerp Arms, and it was like a beautiful sunny day. If anyone's in that part of the world, I do recommend the Antwerp Arms. It's got like a beautiful leafy park mm. opposite. It's got um, it just was a nice pub. There was quite a lot happening. I think there was a rugby match on or something at the Tottenham Stadium. And, it was just a nice way to start a day and we felt like we'd had everything prepped and what could possibly go wrong. And then you boys, uh, Tom and Jay, headed back to get the kit that you needed for your your set. And then, like, I guess that's where the, the shit started hitting the fan was the traffic, you guys. It took you ages to get back. And I got to the venue. I'm the least technical of the four of us. And I had Josh come up and go, uh, Josh from Iverson, come up and go, we got a bit of an issue, lads. Um, it's kind of terminal. Well, those his as words. In, we won't be able to play. Literally, how he said it's kind of terminal, as in we won't be able to play, and I don't think anyone else will either. And I, what it turned out to be something I'd never heard of before: DI boxes. They only had two, which I'm, I'm told is obscene for a music venue. It is obscene. I think um, to be fair to Post Bar, so that, that that was the location where we were. They're used to ensembles with like loads of horns loads of percussion loads of acoustic instruments and i think when the mm. like quite lovely but quite flustered sound engineers saw us all rolling in with our synths and electronics and stuff i think probably realized like <laughs> this this was going to be a tough day um we've actually we've got a, an audio clip from uh, johnny from iverson uh which uh sort of details some of these tech struggles in quite an entertaining way so we might play that now. Hello, hello. Johnny Royal here, a.k.a. Core Data, a.k.a. that other bloke from Iverson, uh, the one without the glasses. Um, I'm currently on a nice 
country stroll down the River Lee, um, speaking about uh, that gig, that wonderful gig. Um, yeah, very, very enjoyable evening. Um, what people who attended the gig probably won't know is that before we kicked it all off, it was Stress City. Um, fucking hell, yeah. So the uh, the sound guy, bless him, just fresh out of college, was uh, struggling a bit. Um, and they only had two DI boxes, which um, for people who don't understand what DI boxes are, they are important. So they only had two. We needed, technically we needed eight, but we only had two. So um, we were panicking for for a bit but then uh mr enzo came up with a good idea and said go to the recording studio that we were at last night and see if they've got any so i rang them up turns out they had two well they had one that worked and one that they didn't think did work but they said take it anyway so uh josh and i ran uh to the to literally ran to the train station jumped on the train uh, got to the recording studio, picked them up, came back, set it up, all hunky-dory, um, and the rest, as they say, is l'histoire. I think that sums it up very yeah. well. And, and I think Johnny summed up the energy like that suddenly had to appear from nowhere, because I was trying to get a hold of you guys to mm-hmm. explain to me what a DI box was at that point, I think I remember. Turned out we'd been, yeah, so we'd been doing the rehearsals the night before in Leytonstone, is that where it is? Leytonstone? Yeah. And they saved the day, like literally. They audio or, audio yeah, underground. Boji is that his name? Yeah, he, he yeah. saved the day. Basically, they jumped on the train and uh, went and got the the boxes we needed, and we were kind of back up and running. But what it did mean, which is how you kind of started this off, Martin, was where's the best laid plans? Had seen us starting at five with you and me playing a city pop set. That got kiboshed. Um, and we kind of just see, saw the time just delay, delay, delay whilst we got the sound stuff ready. But in the end, luckily, you know, as often happens with events like this, we didn't have a flood of everyone arriving at the start. We had kind of... No, it was a smooth, gentle drip, wasn't it, I think? And so we were, I think, for those that were there early, they had a bit of a, a preview of the bands that were going to come on because there were a couple of people still playing on. But ultimately, and I know, and I think everyone who's probably listening to this as organized event will say this is nothing new lads this you know this kind of stress happens all the time so welcome but we got there in the end i think but the main thing for me is that yeah for a couple of hours it was squeaky bum time wasn't it but other than that, it was <laughs> you know um, on that, the subject right. of squeaky bum time apparently alex ferguson never said that it's like a an urban legend i think it's like a, a, a mistranscription oh, really? I think he said he said squeeze your bum time yeah, or, gonna... or, or something like that, which maybe is weirder. I don't know. But he... or like clench your arse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I think I those... think that's what he said, and I think it was like a miss transcription of one of the journalists writing really quickly, and it's just been propagated. It's like one. He's of got those, quite like... a strong Scottish dialect, so I can see how their shorthand yeah. might have you know. In the it's rush. like an egg corn, isn't yeah. it? You know, like a like a misheard um, phrase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's like those things where it's like, um, uh, uh, Luke, I am your father. And he actually says, no, I am yeah. your father. That kind of But thing. that's propagated mm-hmm. by Family Guy like... and everything else thereafter, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it becomes, yeah. it's actually probably a better version of... Or was it um, Mandela there, so. effect? Like th- things that people people remember which never happened, right? Yeah. yeah. Squeaky bum time is actually a, mm-hmm. is, is a better 
Very that's why it's cool, Tom. I kind of summed up how I felt, yeah. that's for sure. But like, Squeaky bum, yeah, I was looking at bit. you, mate, and me and you have never, like, probably, I don't want to speak for you, but I maybe played a couple of DJ sets and stuff. Like, I used to do a lot of radio, but I never played that many gigs back in the day that were like this, and it's certainly been a long, long time. But I was looking mm. at you, and we were both just like, well, I'm quite happy at this point. To, I've had to have a few beers to settle my nerves. I'm quite happy to sacrifice my set at this yeah. point. I just want the first track to start. Yeah, well, I, I, remember, I just remember thinking, I'll feel better just as soon as... And then, of course, as soon as Strawberry did start playing, and I'm sure we'll get on to that in a minute, that everything just settled straight in, and everyone was super happy. Everyone was it happy was really warm. Everyone was getting drunk. It was warm, and it was... and It was really warm. Exactly. I don't want to sound hypercritical. Again, like Tom said, this is a nice venue. They're really nice people. The sound technician yeah. guy did his best. It was great of Adam to jump in and help mm. out and get everything resolved. But I think that kid probably learnt more on that day than he might learn in a month or two at college, to be fair, because he was thrown right in the deep end and he did a decent job in the end. And it was it was great. Yes, yeah, nothing wrong with the sound. I think it hit him because I, I... Yeah. No, I, I'd walk down... I'd After we started, I'd walk down to the green room and he was down there having one of our beers just looking yeah. super stressed. So I think he'd earned his, he'd earned his wages in like definitely, two hours mate, that definitely. day. Definitely. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> And then Strawberry Station, he, he kicked us off, mm. and then that was it. We were underway. I'm Strawberry Station, and you're listening to Future Sounds FM. Man, I love playing at Future Sounds. Thank you so much for having me along. Um, it was cool to see people from kind of adjacent but different scenes coming together. So synthwave, vaporwave, future funk, all in one room. It was nice to have people from far afield, like Runners Club coming all the way from Sweden. That guy, uh, what, I forget his name now, uh, coming all the way from Italy. Gabriel, his name was Gabriel. To see the show, and it was just an amazing time. I think we've all been so ready to get back behind the decks or up on a live stage after the pandemic. One or two of us have been lucky enough to do that, but this was the first show that kind of felt real for me in that respect. So, yeah, thank you guys for putting it on, and it's been a pleasure to be part of it. Peace. I just walked in at a crazy, crazy part of that conversation. Oh, man, I'm recording. You're recording as well. Oh, shit. Yeah, I am actually. I just realised. Put that all. You want to hear what I was singing while I was waiting anything. for the meeting to load up? <laughs> put it. Put put it in the put it in the <clears throat> uncut. No. We've actually got a clip from Snowdream as well. So, at the the gig, there was like a contingent of future funkers. I'd say two of whom were playing, and mm. and two of whom. Are artists in in their own right, but who weren't playing this time. So that was Mr. Wax and Snowdream. We've got a clip from Snowdream, um, which is yeah, just like a really nice kind of overview of the events. I think like with uh, the quite salient point that I think having a Future Funk act so early in the evening was like perhaps a bit of a shame. Like obviously it makes sense getting the party started and stuff, but like. Um, you know, even with the late running, you know, Strawberry Station was still playing at whatever, 6.30 or 7 or something when really his set might be better suited to kind of a late night thing once the dance floor's a bit more warmed up. I think is sort of fair criticism. Future sounds. 
Future Sounds, what an event. I mean, I think in general, it was so, so fun. Everyone had a great time. There's probably about 100-ish people at the event, and everyone was just having the best time. It was such a good mix as well. So you had elements of, like, the synth wave and Future Funk and Vaporwave that was all coming together with the performances, and it was also a good mix in the sense that it was live performances as well as DJ sets, and I think everyone was absolutely vibing with it, just having a great time. It was really interesting to see, just in general, the sort of... Uh, mix of performances especially from artists when you go from like Runners Club and Donal Ends to like New Arcades and like Iverson and you know everyone like completely smashed it the performances were so good uh, if I had one small little critique I would maybe just say that I think that the Future Funk set should have been a bit later in the evening because the music's so party centric it would have been nicer to hear that once everyone settled in, had a few drinks and kind of were ready to kind of move on to the dance floor. But otherwise, I mean, everyone had such a great time. And I think most importantly, just getting people from these scenes and these niches together to just enjoy like a great event like this. It's just, it's so good. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to hopefully uh, having more shows and being part of more shows like this in the UK because it's just like, it's so great to see everyone there and have a great time and listen to some great music. So yeah, top stuff. Yeah, I think it is a fair point. Um, we kind of, I guess we're trying to have the the stage acts be on towards the end of the evening. But with hindsight, actually, it would work a lot better to have a gap in between where there's a slightly easier setup, just from a practical point of view as well. So I think we learned a few things from that as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think, I think you're entirely right. And having someone like that to, or, or Melanade, at the end of the night to kind of keep the dance floor like firing it, it was certainly something we consider doing next time i think it was just you know it was kind of suck it and see we we kind of pulled together the running order and then we kind of made a few changes as we were getting closer to it but i think that's all fair points and i know that from having we all went to the um or three of us went to the groove horizons event and that was banging all mm-hmm. night and, and it absolutely held the crowd and i think that that was the kind of the we'll opposite, wasn't time. it? Because it was everyone was a DJ, yeah. with the exception of um, Tokyo, Tokyo Wonder. Yeah, one live act. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think like the the DJs, early DJs. You know, unfor- unfortunately, in in this instance, like they were, you know, keeping the their their role was slightly kind of keeping the crowd going in between the live acts. You know, with the, these kind of earlier slots, but you know, they they did that really yeah. really well and. I'm sure there'll be future events organized by us or by other people or by themselves where, you know, Certainly. DJs can take center stage. So I think they were, <clears> they were quite selfless, you know, and I think their sort of track selection was ideal for, you know, for that purpose, you know, just kind of keeping the energy 100%. going, just smoothed everything along. But I mean, it, it, they, were, they were there because we wanted to encapsulate, I mean, the whole point of this is to encapsulate these multi-genres that fit together so nicely. It, 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 very clearly can be one scene, I think, in the way that I've talked about this loads of times before on different podcasts about how jungle and hardcore and all the different rave sub uh, subgenres used to coexist for quite a long time. The whole house scene was massive and you'd go to events that had all different types until it got too fragmented and people refused to listen to certain aspects of it. And for now, I think that we've got an opportunity to pull those things back together because you could tell that everyone was there. There were people who were there for the Future Funk stuff. There were people who were there for the Vaporwave. There were people who were there for the Synthwave. But I think that 
it seemed to be that everyone was very receptive to all of it and every one of those strands plays a big part, I think, going forward. Yeah, I think on, on that note, I think um, certainly all the live acts and, and arguably with the DJs as well, like there's the live acts are kind of associated with a genre, but like there's a strong kind of push you know, not resisting the kind of the the boundaries of those genre conventions, but you know, for example, Iverson started out as a very conventional synthwave act and are kind of really pushing to cross over into other you know other genres and stuff and just kind of you know make it as a as an indie indie pop band or a synth pop band. And I think the same true of Donal yeah. yeah, new arcades, like the fact that they're a vocal group. <clears throat> you know exclusive you know they played an all all vocal set you know that that's kind of pushing against some synthwave conventions you know runners club they also see themselves as quite synth poppy mm-hmm. in in many ways yeah run, well. runners club you know mm. are, are, are far from a conventional vaporwave act so definitely i think i think all of these all of these um, genres anyway they're all they all they all have one thing that links them all together which is they're all <clears throat> sort of retro based genres so you know they're going to be able to live in the same world yeah i think and there's there's no reason why you can't have them mm-hmm. all at the same time it's interesting because they're all looking back to think. a kind of similar period like mid 80s onwards into early 90s perhaps like not exclusively there's there's uh, certainly acts that go further than that but that kind of little period yeah. in, in in music history and all the cultural references they lean upon it, they coexist they coexist beautifully and i think that's part of the story that we're going to be telling in the film as well you know um but yeah i, I think it was good because I'd, I'd met a guy at the event who was then also at another event that i was at this weekend just gone and um he came up to me and had a bit of a chat and said that he'd found that he wasn't aware he, so he's a big synthwave guy and he wasn't aware of a lot of the um sort of vapor acts that we had on or any of the future funk ones and he he just said he had the, he had the best night and he really enjoyed it and then had spent the rest of the week listening to those acts and you know kind of streaming their work because through what we'd done he discovered some new music which essentially is what this is all about really it's sort of sharing music with people and expanding people's horizons a little a bit more which i think and so that i, I was really happy with that comment because i thought well that was ultimately the idea of nice. what we were trying to um, do exactly how about i read out so we got some feedback from one of the attendees who's um an artist as well called Polyglot. Um, he sent us a, oh, cool. a big yeah. recap, but just the first kind of um, chunk of his recap really kind of addresses how he kind of perceives there to be, you know, an existing kind of split between synthwave people, vaporwave people, and arguably future funk people as well. And, you know, it just details how he thinks that our event, you know, made a real, like a genuine attempt to kind of bridge that. So I'll, I'll just read what he says because it's interesting. He says, in my mind, there has been a division between the worlds of Vaporwave and Synthwave. Maybe the Synthwave crowd sees Vaporwave as basic music made by inexperienced kids who can't produce. And maybe the Vaporwave crowd sees Synthwave as music with little stylistic variation and experimentation. Future Sounds sought to tear down this wall and brought us all more together. This is mainly due to Enzo's equal appreciation for the music that ends up on Time Slave and the music that ends up on MPF. Recently, it seems more people from the synthwave scene, such as Patrick Fakeman and Rob from Forever Synth, are opening up to the works of Luxury Elite and Waterfront Dining. Whenever these people show off their vaporwave tapes, I can't help but feel a sense of pride inside. So I think Polyglot um, is somebody that straddled the synthwave and vaporwave world for a very long time, like before some of us. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was it was a real treat to meet him, and um, yeah, it's it's really nice to have his kind of detailed feedback as well. You got 
Yeah, that's massive appreciation, in fairness. We um we bumped into him. He was staying in the same hotel as us. So um I think it was me, Jay. Uh, Martin, did you, you didn't make breakfast that morning, did you? <laughs> I was in bed. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, Maria and Carl from Runners Club and myself and Jay went down for breakfast and we saw him there and he joined us and he's a really, really nice chap. Really is. How were the energy levels? Yeah, nice, I feel like he might have been nice. less hungover than you. I think he might have been, and I think, in fairness, I, in the morning I can be quite like almost like puppy dog energy. Okay. Full of beans, and then I crash later in the afternoon. Oh, but the worst man. thing about that day was, mm. uh, or the day after the event was, my brother made me drive home, and that was that. The struggle was real. <laughs> so, but no, the breakfast was good, and yeah, it, he wasn't the only guy that I met for the first time in person, but who'd come from a long way away, like we had because we don't live in London anymore. Yeah. It was amazing. I bumped into a couple from Cologne. Um, be lovely to hear what they thought, because it seemed like they were having a great time. There was a guy from Italy who'd come all the way over. I'm meeting him. I'm meeting him in Rome in, uh, <coughs> in wow. two weeks' there time. there you go. Because he's from Rome. Was he called Gab- Gab- Gabriel? Yeah, that, yes. Yeah. That's so, the one yeah, I Strawberry Station was talking about him. Yeah, URL becomes IRL. Becomes Gabriel. Yeah, it's that... It, Comes Gabriel. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? But no, that is what it's all about. And there were a couple from Manchester who'd come down and they were going to go sightseeing the next day. No, there were all these people who'd made quite long There's, journeys. I think there was there. a couple from Greece as well, wasn't there? There was. And yeah, there was a very was local a from Greece as well. girl who bought a poster off me four times, uh, lost each one, what? and then <laughs> fell over at the end of the evening. Just at the point she was saying it to everyone. Times. I think I think she bought it yeah, once. I think, I kept I think she bought it once, and then you gave yeah. her, and then you gave her three subsequent replacements, which she then just lost. Every and then time. at the very end of the night, I think she, <laughs> just as she was telling everyone to come back for an after party at her house in Tottenham, she she took a tumble. I think she fell over the back of the um, table that the lady was taking all the entrance That's right. money. It's normally right. normally you, you doing that. Was when, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm ashamed too. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the worst thing was the next day we had to go back to the venue, and you know that smell of yesterday's beer is quite sickening. Mm. Anyway, we had to reload the car with all the kit, and just as we were about, I was carrying this massive box of records um, out of the venue, and what did I see on the floor? But one of her posters rolled up with an elastic band. <laughs> it was definitely hers because you didn't. <clears throat> I didn't have many elastic bands with me, so it's got to be one of her or a few people who took a poster wrapped up like that. And it was there, and I'd like just had the presence of mind to to curse her for taking four, but I shouldn't because <laughs> it was nice of her to just come and buy one and come and enjoy the party. And I think she might have felt like she enjoyed it too much the next morning, but you know who knows. Yeah. Well, I think we should talk about new arcades. Yes. Well, first of all, Adam saved the day. By jumping in and helping us, um, yeah, get everything running smoothly with the sound, but they were amazing, and it was it was good. That was the first live band on stage. Um, I, it's, it's it's worth mentioning as well that they were meant to be playing much later yeah. in the night, but because of the delay and and kind of all of the complications, they ended up sound checking last because they had um, they, they had a different setup to everyone else, um, <coughs> and then. They ended up going on early because Adam had a flight, didn't he? Like I think early, he's in LA yes, now. Early yeah. the next day. Yeah. Lucky guy. Yeah, I know. It worked out well though, because I think it it fit. Yeah. You know, it fit the time of the evening. It was um, some variation earlier on. 
and um, obviously we'll get on to Iverson later on where, where, where the slot would have been. But yeah, I think, I think they're, the they're obviously yeah. the most experienced live band. You know, like, I mean, we've all got experience playing live music, but, you know, not with these projects. You know, I, I think that's probably fair to say, Jay. But, um, no, Iverson have played shows as well, but, you know, this was the, was the first donor show and it was the first Rudders Club show. Um, and I think it made sense actually to have new arcades up first with, you know, just, a, you know, consummate prof- professionals, really. You know, they, they, they've done this many times before and it was, it was slick. Well, just on Friday, we released um, an album called Until Now on Time Slave, which is basically literally a decade of, um, of unreleased physically tracks and stuff. So it kind of marks a decade of them doing this. They've been doing it for a long time. And like you said, more than experienced enough to step in, save the day from an, uh, from an engineering point of view, but quite selflessly to, to move themselves in the run in order to help make sure that everyone else was smoothly set up. And yeah, they really captured the mood and um, it felt like the party was really kicking off from that point as well. The Melonade, Melonade jumped in as well. And I think by this point, we'd pretty much sacrificed our sets for good. Um, Melonade was amazing. Something had to give. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a bit though, won't we? About how we Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think for that's sure. the theme of the evening really, isn't it? Sort of rescuing victory from the jaws of defeat. You guys, you guys can have your final time. final victory. Yeah, I was always confident that we get that. I remember a few times just sort of. Well, I think we were both saying to each other, "It'll be fine. It's going to be a bit shit for a, for a couple of hours, but once we get yeah, through absolutely. that bit, you know, we'll be absolutely fine." I remember, yeah, I think just grimacing at Vince a couple of times. It kind of had everything, though. It was it was the perfect setup. So for people who weren't there, if you can try and imagine it, we had a big stage at the back, or a reasonably big stage at the back. If you walked around behind that, you had a beer garden. It was beautifully sunny. They were cooking all this amazing food, which everyone else got to eat. And I don't think I ever got round to try them. It yeah. did look absolutely stunning. And then to the right of the um, of the stage was like a DJ booth. And it worked really well because you could set up the DJs ready to go in between the live sets. And the crowd pretty much just had to turn ever so slightly to their right. And you could carry on straight away really seamlessly. And so when Melanade dropped in after New Arcade set... It was like a change of um, energy because it was faster paced music. Future Funk is that kind of uplifting dance bangers kind of stuff. And he played some amazing tunes. I think he dropped um, St. Pepsi's Better, which blew people away. And he might have even played, um, is it a Mac Macross? That Macross track? He played, um, um, what do you play? I, I Want to Be With You, I heard as well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Absol- absolutely. Yeah, fun tonight, it. Mac. Yeah. It's, it was sensible having the the DJ booth, you know, as a, as a different focal point to the stage as well, because actually people's attention was was focused there. Whilst you know, me and Jay were sort of faffing around on stage, getting set up. I think it was it was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. A massive, massive shout to Melonade. Followed by Runners Club, and that was their first ever. I don't live, think it was. I think it was, uh, it was followed followed gig. by us, wasn't it? Ah oh, shit! Sorry. Follow- <clears throat> yeah, it was. It was yeah, I forgot about that. Let's, An unmemorable set. I, would, I think I was quite. No, do you know? What? I think I was quite. I got quite drunk at that point. <laughs> so I was just. I, I sobered off a bit for a couple of hours after this. But I think I was so tense about getting started. But by the time you come on, because I came on to the stage to introduce you yep. both, and then um, yeah, it, you guys were unreal. You, you are, um, I've heard you guys rehearse. I and, thought you were going to sing Midnight Store. 
if you'd have played yeah. the first notes, I think I would have done it. <laughs> Be that Because that was the only thing. It was like I felt like I was going to an Oasis gig and not hearing one mm. door. Which is actually a really bad parallel to draw because I am like sick to death of one door. But I feel like I feel like Midnight Store is one of your bangers, and you guys did it live in the Pinkbird Studio. Yeah. So and Yana was there. You could have done it. I appreciate she'd have had to stand around for quite a while, quite a while, whilst only singing one line. But I beg you, do it next time. Yeah, we will. We will. But Jack was happy because you played Turn the Fridge On. Yeah, well, weirdly, that's that's our hit. I don't know why. Turn the Fridge On. Yeah, something in the Spotify album. Yeah, well, it, it really is that, because Jay and I joke about it, because it was like, it's one of the strangest songs on Midnight Store, and it just gets banged between... It's a tune, though. It is, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's not really Vaporwave, and it's, it's very, very heavy rotation on Vaporwave playlist on Spotify. I think a lot of that is down to the fact that Space Jam's Jack just tells everybody to play it, though. He could be that, yeah. He's got it on perma repeat. 2,000 times a day. I constantly... Yeah, he, thanks, Jack. He sends me constantly voice notes, like anything, and it's, turn, turn the fridge yeah. on. Turn the fridge on. He was killing me at the... Um, Derby, the, Outrun the um, Sun. Outrun, Outrun the Sun, he was killing me. He was doing it all night. It's crazy. So funny. Yeah, well, we did play that one, but we didn't play the last store. I'm sorry. No. How did it feel though, Next guys? Time. Like that's the first time you guys have done an IRL show, show as a, as a pair. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, I had this like I always get quite nervous before I do a gig, but I had this like thing about 15 minutes before. I was just like so nervous. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I never felt that nervous before. I don't know what it was. I think it's like maybe it's because yeah, it's just something I've never done live. That was quite big by that point. You know, live, live before. Yeah, and and if, and it kind of felt like there was a lot there's a lot of pressure just from like the show being you know we wanted to, obviously wanted the show to be good and then I was doing the, 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 the this set and the Iverson set as well it was kind of felt like quite a lot of pressure but then as soon as I kind of we got on stage and I think as well it's like when everything was kind of going wrong with the technical issues and stuff like that that, that just stacks the pressure as well do you know what I mean and then but then I think as soon as we started like played the first like few notes as then suddenly it was just like ah just gone like all of the kind of fear was just was was just kind of gone so and then and then we just had, had had fun if you have a dodgy sound check then uh often the gig goes quite well you know yeah like you you get all those sort of bad vibes out of the way and yeah. i think i think we, we we kind of got that all of our, out of our yeah. system in the afternoon and by the evening I, it, it kind of had its own momentum the night i think you know i, I know i was saying this weird kind of birthday yeah. wedding vibes like i didn't have anything to drink i didn't have anything to eat but like is that kind of thing when when you're a bit pissed like the the night kind of takes on its own momentum and i th- i feel it's like a bit of a blur but yeah. like you know in in a really good way and it just kind of you know we just went with it and you know it, it, it went it went to good places thankfully oh yeah amazing and yeah, Whilst Sunday was quite tough, probably for all of us, the tiredness kicking in, I think on the Monday, I almost felt like I had PTSD, <laughs> like just the constant, like the constant <laughs> stress. And actually doing this is quite cathartic because I feel like I'm going back and remembering the stuff that I didn't stop to take in. Yeah. It's group therapy. Yeah. 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 Well, Jacob and Ewan um, talk a lot about Groove Horizons and that event was quite special because it was the first UK event of its kind. And a lot of people mm-hmm. who went that went there remember that really fondly. It was like the Electronicon of the UK. And I know some people have said that about this event, but obviously they were there first. And I think that that's worth remembering. And it's just like, 
you have to stop and try and take it in because you're getting all these people who've like whether they whether it's you guys they love your music and they're coming to see you or they're coming to see one of the other bands or whether they're buying our records or it's just amazing to have all these different people pulled together into one place i think, I think what was also helpful was um the photos that have been taken from that evening i was looking through some of the ones that had been that had been done for us and I don't. Rem- there were people that I've got me ha- having a picture taken with. I don't even remember talking to them during that evening because I remember my, my my main phrase of the night was "Sorry, I've got to go. I need I need to go over here and do this thing." And it might have been you know insert job here for whoever it was I was talking to. But that was my memory of just thinking, chatting to people in little segments throughout the evening, jumping on and doing a little bit of this, announcing that person, checking on that, whatever it might well have been. So you're right. There is that element of the memories that people have brought you know, either online or, or to me face-to-face. They're, they're nice, but I kind of wish that I'd remembered them because I because I was just running around like a crazy person the whole time. But it was, um, I think it was a lot to do with the kind of pictures and we, we had some really good pictures that have come out in, in the end that really helped to kind of remember what the night Can was Can we like. give a special right. mention to uh, Charlie for taking those pictures? Because mm, yeah. she didn't, she was quite reluctant, I think it's fair to say. We went down to look at the venue the week before when me and um, my mate Craig were going to a Spurs game. And we, what, what's that pub called on the corner? The High Cross? The High Cross. Yeah, we had a, it's called. It's yeah, it's toilets. former public toilets converted into a nice little pub. <clears throat> well worth checking out. This Sunday roast is amazing, but that's a different story. But we were trying to, we basically, everyone we'd asked to take photos was unavailable due to weddings or what have you. And we, she really didn't want to do it, but she just caught the energy so well. There's some amazing photos, like photos across a busy bar of people like, you know, not just the photos where people know they're being taken photos of is what I mean. Like they were professional and mm-hmm. um, we, we'll have to try and find a way to share them. Perhaps we've got the domain, which is currently linking to the Eventbrite page, which is now dead. So we should try and find a way to, for now at least, showcase visually what happened at the event. I think that'd be quite a nice thing to do. But yeah, shouts to Charlie. You did an amazing job and we'd love to have you take photos every time we do an event in future. Oh, she'll, she'll do it again. She's caught nice. the bug for it. In the sense that, and, and you know, for those that don't know, she used to do a lot of it historically anyway. So she hadn't um, done a lot of that photography for a, for a few years. You know, mm-hmm. typical thing with iPhones really, isn't it? You kind of don't bother bringing larger cameras out anymore. But I know that she's definitely up for doing more. So I'm super happy about that because she's captured the evening really well. Appreciated. Yeah, man, definitely. Thanks, Charlie. I don't want to talk about just talk about donor lens too much, but yeah, just on, on the subject of shout outs, we've got to, got to thank Yana for um, doing guest vocals with us because I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the way we structured our sets was we had like an instrumental first half. After we played Turn the Fridge on, we, we brought Yana on for some vocal stuff. Uh, and she, you know, she kind of came in from out of the crowd, sang, you know, three or four of our kind of more sort of poppy vocal numbers. And then, you know, uh, when we were playing Distant, which was our final tune, kind of hop back into the crowd and dance with everyone. And it's, um, uh, like, stage presence is amazing. And, she, you know, oh, she, yeah, she, yeah, her energy is incredible yeah. as well. Like, um, yeah. it really forced me and Jay to up our game as well, because, you know, otherwise it's kind of two sort of nerdy yeah. guys treading on, on keys and guitar and stuff. And, uh, you know, she brings, like, much more of a kind of pop sensibility and... Um, you know proper stage presence so yeah she forces us to up our game show the event was a really nice coming together of um 
different people within the scene. And I think Vaporwave in general kind of attracts disparate types of um, fans. So if like, like, you know, you're a metal fan like myself, you can still have Vaporwave. And if you like Synthwave, that crosses over into Vaporwave as well. And yeah, it's just like um, a really good camaraderie amongst the fans and audience, which was so nice. And of course, it was amazing, so amazing to perform um, after what felt like a million years. So yeah, thanks for having me on stage, Donalands. <laughs> I kind of had like a tiny bit of fear for you because the way you'd been placed then, with new arcades going earlier, you were kind of playing in quite a busy period of the night then, mm -hmm. like one of the first really full sets to be played. And I was just waiting to see how well this experiment of melding all these genres together would work. As in, if you've got a crowd full of people who love Synthwave and only a handful of Vaporwave fans, how well is this kind of breaks-infused experimental style of music going to go down? And to be fair, it, it really did go down well. It was brilliant. And that was partly with how well you played, how good the tunes are, but also Yana's energy for sure. Um, and perhaps the fact that we had quite an open, we, we told everyone to be open-minded to different styles before they came and they definitely came with that in mind. So shouts to you guys. Mm, definitely. So Runners Club, all the way from Sweden. Me and Marie had a great time at Future Sounds. It was so nice meeting all these people from the scene that we have been talking to online for the last couple of years. I can't think of a better way to get back into going out uh, after the pandemic. So please make a European tour out of this and come to Sweden soon. We'd had them the day before to film. Uh, we'd done a really good interview uh, with them for the documentary, which was amazing. But yeah, I think it was their kind of first big show. Uh, as as runners club, I think I it was their first first in real life show. Full stop. It was. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't have known it was amazing. And I think uh, Carl was quite proud about it as well because um, apparently at the airport Maria had gone through security, um, and Carl, you know, went afterwards and he'd been asked by customs what the purpose of his visit was, and he sort of very proudly told the customs oh, no. agent that he was performing live with his band, and the <laughs> the customs agent was like, "Yeah, you need a visa for that." And um, luckily for Carl... Um, shopping, Ma Carl, shopping. <laughs> Maria had already gone through customs and the guy was just like, I'm going to pretend that you didn't say that. Oh, I just gone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that's a sort yeah, of uh, post-Brexit uh, little bit of admin that um, Carl uh, misjudged yeah. but got away with. And I think, um, you know, maybe that's the theme of the evening that like uh, we came close to, to, to a few disasters and um, very fortunately averted them. Yeah, man, for sure. The last thing I'd have wanted... I, someone had... Um... No, oh, I was going to say, the last thing we would have wanted was a phone call uh, from Maria saying, um, can someone come and bail Carl out? He's um, tried to get in the country fraud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd had a... Um, and forgive me, because if that person's listening, I can't remember who it was that I spoke to, but some while they were, while they were performing, someone asked me... Um, had these guys performed before because they were really good and I think when I said no it's their first time um, anywhere doing doing this um, doing this act they were quite shocked because I think Carl had quite a um, fun stage presence about him he looked like he was having a he really jumped into the crowd you know, I think, I think it, it was awesome wasn't it so it was just nice to see them enjoying themselves as well as you know playing the I think they're Anglophiles yeah, I think definitely. they were just like jazzed to be in London to be honest like I think the the yeah. a lot of Carl's mm. well a lot of both of their sort of 
uh, kind of music and fashion references are are kind of UK and sort of London based, and I think they were just like really stoked to be here. And you know, like as as soon as they got <clears throat> back, they've been chatting to us about coming back to do some, you know, uh, writing sessions and stuff. So I, I think they had a blast. Okay. Definitely, definitely. And I think like Carl and Maria, when we met them at the start for the film in the day before, they're definitely kind of kind of outwardly shy at first, perhaps. And the way that mm-hmm. that energy was converted on the stage. I mean, the first thing Carl said was, if you don't know the words to this track, you will by the end, which was like a kind of a statement of intent, I thought. And it was quite a bold way to start a set, your first set. Mm-hmm. And he was right because everyone was singing it back to him. And then he was in the crowd. Mm. There's some. There's a great shot that Sam's got. Sam's the um, uh, one. Of the he's another filmer, uh, another cameraman. Sorry for the for the documentary. He got this amazing shot at one point where he's behind the two of them. They both got their bucket hats on and they're bouncing, and the crowd's bouncing simultaneously to one of the tracks they're playing. And you could just see it just captured the whole vibe that they created. It was amazing. It was. It was. Yeah. They were fused with each other and the crowd. It was lovely. They've lovely got energy. a lovely it dynamic. Really I mean, we, we saw it more clearly from the filming, but, you know, like, they they weren't looking at the camera when they when, when they were being interviewed. They're kind of looking sort of quite sweetly at each other in a way that's, you know, yeah. it's, like, just genuinely really lovely. It's it's, yeah, it's not at all icky. Or anything. Um, and then, no. you know, their, their kind of stage presence is, is kind of on that theme, like, just that Carl is projecting something slightly more kind of extrovert and Maria's just looking very cool and you know kind of hidden hidden behind her shades but you mm. know just sort of laying down some bass lines and some backing vocals and just kind of being a bit more steely about it it's a nice sort of yin yang thing i was gonna i've got to say what was one of my favorite take homes of the whole weekend is is meeting them in person at last they're both so lovely mm. they really are yeah man can't wait to see them next time they come back uh, to the uk so after runners club I think it was then Iverson. I got the order wrong a few times. I think that's right this time. Mm-hmm. I'm right this time, yeah. right? You yeah, are yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. I love Iverson. I've said it before. Then it was Iverson. Honestly, though. How was it for you, Jerome? Because like, I think what was interesting was, well, we knew they were going to be good. The, the, the energy, obviously, it built as they as they were kind of, as you guys were playing anyway. But, geez, like, well, I, sorry, and Tom as well, because yeah. you, you were involved in it as well this time around, weren't you? Like, How was it for you guys in terms of playing it? Because the, by the end, the crowd were going insane. It felt like, it felt like, um, like you know, I was saying earlier about playing the Donald Lens set, felt like I, it, was, it was quite nervy and sort of kind of had to kind of work into it. I think the Iverson set, by that by that point, the crowd was, <clears throat> the crowd was, maybe everyone had a few drinks, everyone sort of loosened up. Uh, it just, yeah, the whole thing just felt more sort of, uh, raw, like you know, wild. It was a home crowd as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Jo- I think Josh and Johnny. Well, you know, <clears throat> yeah, Max and you know, to an extent, we had brought a load of mates down who were all at the front, um, and like it was, it was quite a sort of wild and scrappy set. You know, like you were having trouble with with pedal board and guitar amp and stuff, and um, you know, by the end of it, yeah. um, getting roped into playing a Nirvana cover, like it was kind of messy, but like kind of gloriously messy, right? Yeah, yeah, we hadn't, we hadn't, we hadn't rehearsed that, 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 um, that song. No, it seems to be a thing now, though, that, that Iverson plays like a sort of '90s, noughties yeah. kind of hard rock song at the end of the set. Because, um, you know, last time I saw you guys, you did "Killing, Killing the Name, the name yeah. of," wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we hadn't rehearsed that one either. I think we need to. Stop I'm, I'm pushing for Chop Suey next. Some System of a Down. 
Yeah. Nice, nice. I assume you guys had um I assume you had um rehearsed yeah, yeah. the Tears for Fears one though. Definitely. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. That was supposed yeah, to be a surprise amazing. for Enzo as well, but um uh, yeah. somebody spoiled it in the in the rehearsal the night before. Who was it? Was it Josh? Big I think it was Josh. Because yeah, I was about to leave the room. I was about to leave the room to go and get the pizza sorted. And um, they could have practiced it then. But there's a bit of BTS um, content for you. If you think the energy was big on stage, Martin, mate, you want to see them when they're rehearsing. It's insane. Like, yeah. I'm quite, I'm quite puppy dog. Like, Max is mad, and Johnny, when they're together, they are like so so crazy. Like, I just look at Tom and my brother, like, and Josh. It's like, how how would you cope on a tour with them? He's a very flexible man, Max, as well, isn't he? <laughs> a very flexible man as well. He's I've never, yeah, he's very flexible. Put his legs right behind his head. For. He really did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did, yeah. Well, I don't want to ask I don't even, why. I'm just like, what, what, no, what you, you don't, you don't need reason for their behaviour. It's sort of a, it's sort of a, like a performance art. Yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole, he, he yeah. Was spe- you know, like um, Stanley Unwin. Is it Stanley Unwin did the... Is it, you know, Small Faces, Ogden's Not Gone Flake? Is it Stanley Unwin who does that? Are we all sitting four square comfy bold on our bodies? Like gobbledygook kind of t- children's TV kind of um, narration for this album. It's like quite a seminal concept album, the Small Faces did. And he does this. He breaks out into like gobbledygook and makes up languages. I think it's like a Derek and, and Clive thing as well, isn't it? It's like yeah. kind of like a yeah. smutty yeah. kind of um, naughty boy thing that, that him and Johnny do. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's yeah, it's fantastic. But a, a week of it would be tiring. Mm. Yeah, we're t- we're talking right. about it as well, aren't we, Jay? Either I know. I'm trying to throw you guys under a diplomatic bus here. I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure we can cope with it. We can maybe we can take a separate yeah. um, vehicle. <laughs> Go in your dad mobile. It might be for the best. In the, the, the Citroen Belinga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how tired Max and Johnny would be if they drove each other? Well, they do, don't they? And they, and they are tired afterwards. <laughs> there we are. Right, we'll have to intervene. Put them down we'll for a We'll have to intervene nap. here, I It'll think. Be right. Sensible dad here. I'm going to have to intervene and work out a nice way to arrange the seating so they don't cause each other too much bother. <laughs> Got to s- separate the naughty boys, yeah. You sit over there and you sit over there. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Like I think I I wasn't aware of the Tears for Fears cover, so that was a nice little um, a nice little surprise for me. You know, I've I've seen Iverson play numerous times in the last I want to say probably what was it five five six years probably coming up now. Um, it's the best I think I've yeah, seen them absolutely. play. Um, they, it, it's the most confident. Um, it's got a really nice balance between the new stuff that they're releasing as well as some of the older stuff that that Josh had always been um, that Josh had started off the project with it it feels like Iverson are in a really good place and it's nice to see and I think now's a peak time to get them out of doing more because they were quiet for a long time and I think that it's not that people forgot about them but I think that now that they're back everyone's remembering how much of a good time they had at mm-hmm. Iverson I think, that, I think those boys have got a sense of purpose don't they yeah man the new album yeah. is um, is fantastic as well Houseplants absolutely Really? If you haven't if you haven't heard that album, you should go and listen we, to it because it's the vinyls arrived this awesome. week. It's like the, one of the first times we've done Gatefold, Oof. and um, 
So it's a gatefold. Yeah, it's got like it? one yeah, no. on the internal bit. It's got like a whole sheet, like old school style, with all the lyrics to all the tracks, and then a little photo shoot that Josh and Johnny did. It looks, it looks absolutely stunning. But yeah, I, I feel like they landed. That that gig was where they really landed. Uh, it was a big crowd. A lot of people mm. saw them. A lot of people were singing along by the end of it. And I think the way it was received, and it was quite interesting because Ollie's Ollie Ride is one of the bigger names in the synthwave scene, and he was. Um, it was great to see him come down and. Um, not that mm. necessarily they sound like him, but he's quite—he's got like a, a, a like a showcase cover that he does at the end of his gigs, hasn't he? So was it the FM eighty four? Mm. Was it the Ollie gig where he did? Is it? He did it at, at his own gigs last time round. I think he did Lady in Red yeah. last time. Yeah, round. yeah, yeah. Oh, Midway through. That's a vaporwave anthem. The vaporwave anthem. Banger alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so no, I get I get what you mean definitely, but and I think just to touch on it, I mean, it's not the kind of moan about other things, but I know that when Iverson played in Derby at Outrun the Sun, they were on really early in the afternoon. I think it was like a three o'clock slot they had at the time, and it was busy enough because I think it was one of the first events, you know, post second lockdown yeah. or however many lockdowns we ended up having. But I definitely think that they were much better suited to the slot that they had that they had at Future Sound. It was it was. It, it all just everything just came together nicely that that, that evening for that particular set. which I guess brings us on nicely to uh, the last kind of headline act um, obviously and it's worth shouting out to Jack because um, Space Jams stepped in to do a DJ set at the end of the night and we'll come on to that when we kind of wrap up the end of the evening because we did have a couple of uh, pullouts in the week running up 80 Stallone uh, Chris was unable to make it due to unforeseen circumstances and DJ Shira got COVID. Um, I hope she's feeling better now. Mm. Um, we'll... well, she was at a gig last week, so I think she's yeah, cool. right now. So um, it was amazing of Jack to step in at last minute, short notice to um, to, to join us uh, and, and, and play was. what was a brilliant set. But let's let's go one earlier to, to Ed Sunglasses Kid. It's a hard act to follow. I, th- I thought... I thought the way Iverson played and how big the energy was in the room at that time, I thought, I, I feared for anyone who had to, to step up afterwards, especially a DJ set. But I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. he did the only thing a DJ can do, which is to absolutely smash it with your first tune and go from there. Because he immediately captured everyone yeah. back into the DJ mood and everyone was like, right, okay, the live act's finished and now it's time to party out the rest of the night kind of thing. And it was a nice segue to the end of the evening. It was an amazing set. No, I think it worked out well because for those that don't know, Ed, Ed was due to do a full a full live set, but he'd injured his hand a number of weeks before, and we'd been owing and ahhing. He'd been owing and ahhing about what he could do, and in the end, sort of came to a conclusion that you'd happily do it, happily sort of do a DJ set. But I think it worked out. It did definitely worked out well. So he had a nice mixture of his own tracks, um, in terms of a synthwave kind of thing, but a lot of it was also this kind of. 80s soul um, influence tracks that we do were definitely that you can see in his um, in his own writing. So I think yeah, tried to jump up on stage as soon as Iverson were done and just say to everybody, by the way, just turn around because sunglasses over there, and then he just went in straight into it. I think it it worked really well. Well, you could see that the crowd didn't move. Hell that yeah. was the the fear was that you know maybe sometimes. Like I was saying, moving from bands into DJs again, there might be some people who decide to see that as a segue to the end of the evening, but actually hardly anyone moved. They just turned around and mm. 
kind of felt like the yeah. party had a couple of hours more. I mean, it, I know the clocks went forward. There's a point at this at this point in the night where I kind of started to get a bit too tired to realise what was going on anymore. Perhaps maybe I'd had one or two too many drinks at that point as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, I feel like this two hours kind of became a blur for me because I finally was able to relax. It felt like the last complicated setup was achieved. We only had DJs from there on in, which meant we'd nailed it. So we could it's quite symbolic, it the clocks changing as well, like that, that point of the evening becoming a total blur and like the fact that time literally did change as well. It's quite representative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got, yeah. I've got a message from um, Patabito, uh, so a, a, a vaporwave artist named Patabito who was uh, in attendance and um, they were saying uh, that it was the latest they'd ever stayed out. <laughs> Which is, which nice. is pretty cool. I like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, they were there masked up um, out of precaution because, you know, the numbers going into the event were, were pretty bad. Um, that was one fear I had. Yeah, that was one fear. We were following all the guidance. Yeah. We were I doing I don't everything think we, that we, we possibly... have any need to feel guilty about it because we, we, we switched venues to a, a larger venue, which is better ventilated with more outdoor space. But, you know, some of our yeah, attendees exactly. were taking precautions and, you know, good for them. But yeah. Yeah. Said, um, Laces Forever stayed out, uh, wanted to be one of the last on the dance floor and the amazing sets just kept coming. I felt much more home, more, much more at home at this eclectic gig than I ever do out at other shows. Everything about it just felt right. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. That was yeah. really nice. That's so nice. That wow. means so much as well. Um, so oh, they produce under the name Patabito. Um, they make really nice kind of midi funk vaporwave style stuff. Yeah, Patabito, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that means it really a lot does. We put a lot of hard work into it, and that's the kind of that's exactly why we were trying to do it. And I think the first thing, apart from thanking you, is to I'm going to go and check out your music. Yeah, it's really I'm, cool music. I actually. Yeah. It's so not before. a million miles off um, Active <clears throat> Presence, who I've um, picked as my sort of um, show and tell selection in a previous episode but like it does similar things with rhythm but like more closely connected to vaporwave yeah really cool stuff Let, let's try and let's try and link in the uh, description yeah, we'll do. be a nice nice gesture back I think. yeah you read my mind but yeah i think i think that what they've said really encapsulates what we were trying to achieve and for one person to feel that way is pretty special i also spoke to uh, gabrielle did we say who said it was one of the best nights of his life um, he he absolutely just loved it from start to finish. Yeah, yeah he he just kept saying how much he loved yeah. it. And the guys from Cologne, the couple that came from Cologne, they're looking to set up shows similar to this in Germany. I mean, they were they were really enjoying the energy and and the vibe as well. And hopefully, I mean, it sounds like the feedback we've had from all the artists who are involved, they've enjoyed the show as well. And what we're trying to achieve and hmm. I think that we'll have all of them want to play future shows with us again let's talk about Jack Dyson last minute saving the day last no, minute no he saved the day ditch. before oh, like no. we were we were dying of stress the day yeah. before because unfortunately we got the the, the kind of text from Shira saying that she'd got COVID bless her and she was I know how excited she was to, to come and play and um no, I, I, I think because he, having spoken to him before, I think he was very much looking forward to getting on the lash, a weekend off, as yeah, it were, yeah, yeah, yeah. lashed, not having um, to concentrate, not worrying about it. Given that, as you will probably all know, that you know Jack also runs um, 
a couple of live events that yeah. are coming up himself in um, in April and in June. So he's been working a lot on that. But yeah, no, he was happy to um, at very last minute come up, wait until one yeah. in the morning um, to do his set and keep everyone going to the point where I can remember having to basically have us having to throw people out who just wouldn't leave. <laughs> yeah, to the point yeah, yeah. where like the, the bar, the, the bar ladies, kind of closing all the curtains around the building. <laughs> you're kind of summing and, up a vibe. Um, you're kind of summing up a vibe out. of the band carrying on playing as the Titanic sinks. But I think it was much more. <laughs> the sound reached a certain point because I think when the the clocks kicked forward, the bar manager kind of shat herself a little bit about the level of noise. I think because every forgotten. time they turned it I down, I think he forgotten. kept turning it back up to keep the sound pumping. So they had to pull that massive curtain yeah. across to kind of dampen the noise a bit. And um, that curtain was quite effective. It was, yeah, 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 it was. We didn't have any surprisingly effective. Sure. Hello, everybody. Here am I. It's not important. But what is important is that two weeks ago, I checked out a really cool event called Future Sounds. It is the love child of My Pet Flamingo and Time Saves Recording. And this is a live debut event version that was also spearheaded by Patrick Fateman. So, and you could tell straight away that this event was won by true lovers and fans of the synth scene, the vapor scene and the future funk scene, and even the city pop scene. And obviously because of COVID, as we know, there's been, you know, lots of, um, we, we've all been dying to have some events and it does very much feel that the synthwave scene is being reshaped and reformed. And it was great to see this event push new boundaries. As a personal future funk fanatic, it was great to finally meet Melanade and it was great to, you know, boogie down with Strawberry Station. And it was just really good to see the fusion, to see that people are accepting of it, people like it. And that, yeah, it definitely invites so many ideas in the future. I think for our own events here in Bristol, we are looking to also incorporate Vaporwave at some point. But end of the day, Future Sounds were the guys that did it first, and it's paid off wonderfully. And as I say, you know, Synthwave scene, yes, we always have Synthwave, and there'll be many more Synthwave events, I'm sure. But let's be honest, it was getting a bit stale in places. But now the idea of incorporating Vaporwave and having, I don't know, Who's to say we won't have St. Pepsi one day? You know, what if we get Macross 82 to 89? You know, we've opened the doors to so many people and we can allow synthwave events to feel new and exciting as well. As they... It deserves. <clears throat> Should we shout out um, Jack's next event? Yeah. The first one's Tales from the Crypt 2, which yeah. is a, um, a dark synth event he's got on the 30th of nice. April. Um, that is in Bristol. 6.30pm um, till late. Yeah, it's Tales from yeah, the Crypt. Yeah, so Jack's too. got um, the first one he's got is uh, Tales from the Crypt 2, which is a dark synth event on April the 30th in Bristol. And then he's also got a much larger event in terms of time. It's an all day one, which is Hotline Bristol, which will also, as the name suggests, be in Bristol. And that <laughs> will be on. I'm just looking for it very quickly so I can find it. That is on Saturday the 4th of June. He's got a Wave Shaper playing at that one. Nice. And we'll be bringing our merch table with us for both. Oh, for both? I think so, yeah. That we will. looking that way. So the only thing that we haven't covered yet, so obviously we didn't get to play our set, which I kind of felt 
a deep morning regret for the next day when I recovered because I was kind of thinking yeah. that of all of the energy and effort that was ex, ex, um, oh sorry my dog's just coming hello Harry I think uh, we've gone on to a point where it's almost bedtime so let me start again give me two seconds so yeah we've kind of found a way uh, to get around it and um, rescue the lost set because I know that you'd both we'd both spent quite a bit of time preparing our sets so we've kind of found a way to rescue it. Well, because City Pop's not easy no, to DJ not. with in any way, shape or form. So I think you're right. It, it was a shame that we weren't able to show everybody what, what we'd done. So um, I, I'm glad that we've managed to rescue it. Well, it was kind of the only genre on the it's list that form. ended up unrepresented on the night as well, apart from like a two-minute mm. sound check that I did at one point earlier in the day. But yeah, so um, what we're going to do Sounds is we've, we've both recorded our sets as live um, and uh, melded them together and we'll be giving that away as a Club Classics for Club, Club Flamingo members. So that'll be available to stream. I guess it's a good time to sort of look at what we might do differently or what we've, <laughs> what we've learned from it. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've got some What do you thoughts? think, Tom? Um, I think, uh, yeah, I would keep on saying, I said about the donor performance and I think about the night as a whole that it like it went as well as it possibly could have done, which sounds like sort of maybe damning with faint praise, but like, you know, it, it went really well. There are lots of lessons that I think we learned from it. Like there's an element that we possibly bit off more than we could chew, like in terms of the logistics, like how many acts we tried to pick to pack into what was more like a kind of extended gig evening and then it was like a full kind of day festival thing. And I think going ahead, maybe... I think on that, though, on that point, though, on the day, I think if we'd have have learned, because we'll also go on to probably, I'm sure we all agree that we learned quite a lot technically in terms of making sure that your (laughs) setup, you know, be much more strict about when you start the soundtrack so that you can iron out these issues earlier. But I do think if we'd have got underway a bit earlier... Maybe with the extra sets as well, it might have felt a bit more like a day festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that yeah. the way we ended up having to segue, I've said this already, but jumping from DJ sets to live sets made the smooth flow of sets easier to manage mm-hmm. and keep people occupied whilst you're setting up for the bigger bigger bands and stuff. I think that's something that we could take from it going forward because you can have more acts so long as you're not having loads of downtime and so long as you're not making things too difficult for yourself in terms of setting up, I guess. Yeah. I think um, giving giving ourselves a few more hours, like uh, having a full like day festival, I think yeah. would would communicate that more clearly. You know, like a twelve to twelve thing or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like maybe maybe it was maybe it was like halfway in between the two things, and it needs to just be one or the other. I think I think it's just the sound checking earlier thing, but we, I mean we wanted to do that, but it wasn't possible with the venue and <clears throat> the staff they had available to accommodate us for the sound checking we just kind of had to make do in the end with with with, with what we did and i think we made it work i mean i mean the other thing was we, we we we'd been planning for visuals to be running for the whole thing mm-hmm. and that kind of last minute sort of fell through so next time i mean that's that that was that that was a big take home for yeah, me what was that mad bug you had on your laptop because we had the future sounds logo on the wall and yeah. then every like 20 minutes it would cut yeah. out and it would just be jerome's it was, laptop it was just going <laughs> Yeah, it was going it just going to my screensaver, which was weird because I had I like, turned it off of the screensaver settings and all that kind of stuff. I think it was yeah, just one I, of those I things. Can vouch for that. Yeah, I looked super, it was it was definitely one worse. Super um, weird, man. It was but it was just one of those things. It was like it was like it was like my 
the patches on my pedal boards, like the patch cables just breaking. They're like brand new patch cables. I think sometimes you just get like gremlins. Should we invest in a couple of DI boxes just in case? Is that a good take home, Tom? Or should we assume that most places are going to have them? Yeah. I'm not even a musician. (laughs) I'm going to buy two just to have them. Turns out they're not that expensive. Turns out they're not that expensive, no. Are they not? No. So it might be worth just having a little box. Just having them in the bag. Yeah. Definitely. I, I agree on the visuals thing though, because certainly I think since then yeah, sure. people that have seen um, seen the show um, or, or either were at the show or had seen clips online, um, a few people have sort of come up to me and said it'd be really cool to work with you guys and do some visual yeah, stuff. So I think sure. we should have a bit. Of, we We've got some irons in the fire on that, haven't we? Yeah. Definitely, there's definitely a few on there that um, I think we should take advantage of. Pe- people whose work I've seen before at other events as well, which would be um, yeah, a super cool addition. So we're talking about coming back and how often we try and do because obviously we don't want to jump straight back in and put ourselves under that much pressure immediately I think enjoying what we've achieved and having a break is just as important as loosely in the background planning the next one but I think we've kind of got this idea that at some point later this year we'll come back with something pretty big we're in talks with getting someone over from America I won't say any more um, and doing something, I think, a little bit bigger. I think we'll attract uh, a bigger crowd and also uh, another major synthwave artist from the continent. And I think that we could do something even bigger. I don't think that's uh, beyond the realms of possibility. I think we've learned quite a lot. But I think we've proven to ourselves that we can do something without losing money and um, without compromising on mm-hmm. quality. I think there's a couple of things like the, the visuals and stuff to improve on. I think it was brilliant. I think it was a lovely first event. I, think. I I really enjoyed it. I think from a personal point of view, you know, I've I've had a career in criminal justice for God's sake. So it was what, what was really nice to be invited to sort of support you guys in doing this and help out is that it was doing something that I love doing as a as a hobby and a and a, and a, a scene or scenes that I've enjoyed being part of for well, nearly a decade now already. Um, to be part of that and to do stuff that was actually was super enjoyable and I got to use some skills towards something that I'm super interested in. Um, so thank you to you guys as well because I've had a blast doing it too. So really that's the whole spirit of yeah. the kind of thing. You know, it's like there's kind of a spectrum between hobbyist and professional, you know, and uh, music maker mm. and sort of kind of participant in a scene. It's all about, you know because it's so DIY like everybody just kind of mucks in you know whether it's your your full-time job or whether you're doing it kind of unpaid or whether you know some people kind of are spending spending a huge amount of money to kind of you know fly over and you know attend these events and stuff you know it's an investment for them um yeah it's, it's kind of like a whole community of people kind of mucking mucking in together loads of people are both though aren't they music maker and yeah. participant and that's the beautiful thing. There Definitely. were there were several. You mentioned them mm-hmm. earlier on. There were several artists there who weren't on the bill, but came along to support the show. And people who you know one day we'd love to work with. Like there's, it goes without saying, you can't get everyone that you'd love to have on the bill for the same show. But it's great to see so many different people. I, I think it was also nice that some of the artists that were there, I've either seen at maybe yeah. one event before or very rarely at any events at all so I think we take a lot from the fact that those individuals chose to come to our event which is lovely too but yeah why don't you tell us quickly I mean I'd rather than I mean we've, we've had a big session of patting ourselves on the back for what was a wonderful show but you <laughs> I was going to say we should cut some of that out <laughs> no, no 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 not at all not at all I think that's what this is all about it's, it's, it's our platform we, I just think it was so this great is, 
you know, we did it. Let's 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 talk about it and try and bring it to life for people who didn't get there. But you went to an event this weekend as well, so it's not just us. There's there's a kind of a, a thriving and healthy scene. I think this was more on the synthwave side of things. Where was that again? Yeah, I went to a couple of I went to a couple of synthwave events. That there was one small one called Dusk Waves, which was in uh, Stockwell. Was that like a pre-party um, for the LeBrock one? It was. It wasn't uh, exactly attached to it. it. it more of a. Um, it was its own separate cool. event. There were three acts on there, um, with whom I might have to insert names in a bit because I can't remember exactly who they were. But I, I'd met. I went there with Jack, Space cool. Jam's Jack, for the afternoon, <clears throat> and um, met with a few people. And then later in the evening, we then went up to um, what was an in real life version of Synth Rave. So each Friday night during lockdown, Sean. Uh, Shawnee P from LeBrock was doing a, um, a live stream from his house. He was just DJing synthwave music every Friday for goodness knows more, more, over a year. I think he was doing. Kept it people saying so. It was amazing when he. It was really good. It was a, it was a very it was um, it wasn't like a an event as it were. It was more like a club night. It was it was warm. It was hot. It was sweaty. People were packed into the in, into the back heart in, in in Camden. But it was um, it was really good. Uh, Wolf, Wolf Club did a um, sort of DJ set beforehand, um, and then the guys at Synth City did one after him. But yeah, it was enjoyable. It was nice to kind of get back out again. I was, I think, as you guys alluded to earlier on, I was still worn out from the weekend before. So it was more a case of you know, Sean. Sean came to our event, so I wanted to reciprocate and, and, and go to his. Um, I think I got home about half one in the morning and then just slept for the rest of the whole day the next day but it was a good event it was nicely um, it was nicely done it was just different you know we haven't had an event like that before so it was nice to see people <coughs> that have clearly made yeah. friends from his discord then in real life all being together I caught up nice. with him for about 10-15 minutes I had a brief kind of like I'm going to go outside and get some fresh air and I sat down and chatted to him and some of his mates and yeah thanks to Sean for coming down to our show but lovely bloke mm. and I can remember at a certain point when lockdown was becoming it's most wearing it's most taxing I'd come back on a Friday and you'd have your tape deck sessions on and then straight afterwards it would go straight yeah. into the, the synth rave and it was a point where somehow the scene kind of kept itself alive and kept people sane with a bit of a party it'd be like Glenn on the old um, Camden Pale well, no, Camden Red. He's a Camden Red man, which I can't drink because it's an Arsenal beer. Yeah, he's a yeah, Camden Arsenal Hell. beer. I can't yeah. drink that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. And then everyone would be sharing their M&S two-for-one Friday selection for the week. <laughs> Sounds very middle class. Enzo, are you getting nostalgic for lockdown? Yeah, we'll get the mix out in the next couple of days. We'll get the podcast out over the next few days, obviously. Um... Thanks to Jay for joining us. I know you don't like to jump on the mic. Thank you for he having loves me. It. It's been lovely. I'll come. You're I'll gonna come, come again. I'll come back again soon. At some right. point. At some point. I think we've got um, later point. in the month. Perhaps we'll have uh, an interview with the talented Mr. OSC, which Tom's working on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Yep. Thank you, gents. Peace. See you soon. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. That is quite broke away, mate. Twenty twenty two sort of promised uh, a new a new dawn really when it came to live events. Um, 
and future sounds the the time slave and Pep, my Pet flamingo guys saw an opportunity to i guess add some competition to what is already a very healthy uk live music scene um and of course this added a bit of extra pressure you know it was the the first uh, event of the year um and there are plenty of others to come so obviously people were probably looking on these guys to sort of see right what are they capable of and i'm pleased to say that um they were very capable indeed uh, really really good event good actually undersells it great an awesome event um the acts were absolutely superb i love the fact that they uh, introduced vaporwave into the mix so we got a true um concoction of, of different genres this of course uh, invited um an even larger crowd along because not only have you got your synthwave fans with your vaporwave as well so that gives gives people a chance to meet we saw uh, a lot of new faces um people that you know we sort of talked to on twitter and things saying oh yeah one day i'll be at an event and and they were at this one and that's great so really that's what i guess everyone's trying to encourage you know get off your computers come out and see some live acts it's the best way to support them and uh yeah you know come to the next future sounds um you know if, if anything if this is anything to go by the next one's going to be even better um i can only say well done um to the guys for for pulling it off um and for, for being such a success so yeah please do come down to the next one you'll have an absolutely awesome time